Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The bride was looking forward to the big day. Every day that she ticked off on the calendar brought her just one day closer. She was full of excitement and anticipation. The long list of to-dos were slowly but surely getting checked off. The church and the pastor, they were set. The menu for the dinner was selected. The banquet hall also was reserved. All things were progressing. All plans were being fulfilled. And the big day grew ever near. What joy uh, and hope a bride has as she looks forward to the fulfillment of the groom's promise to take her as his wife. The ring on the finger is a daily reminder that soon and very soon, the two will become one flesh and enjoy all the benefits and blessings of husband and wife. The big day is coming. In a similar way, the bride of Christ looks forward to the big day. The scriptures call the big day the day of the Lord. All other weddings give witness to this great and glorious day. But how is it that we come to this day? How has the bridegroom made us ready for the big day, the day of the Lord? Well, just as a bride waited in hope for her bridegroom, so too did the first husband and wife wait for the big day. Not quite a, a wedding day, but a day of joy, a day, of, a day when promises would be fulfilled. Adam and Eve were waiting in anticipation of the day of the Lord, a day when Satan's head would be crushed, Paradise would be remade, and the Lord would once again dwell with his people. They looked forward to this day, for it would be a day of restoration. They had dwelt with the Lord in paradise. They knew the joys of, of belonging to the Lord, and they, uh, and they were not to be separated from him. But they wanted more. Lured away by a temptress, they listened to the serpent's lie and became unfaithful to their creator. They hid in shame. They tried in vain to cover themselves. They had ruined their relationship with their Creator, and they had made a mess of their home. If not for the Lord, they would have slept in the bed of death forever. But the Lord sought them out. He covered their shame. He forgave their guilt. He promised to put their home back in order again. He would not leave them or forsake them, for He loved them. His word was given and it was more enduring and lasting than diamond ring. His word of promise was enough, and yet sadly the children of Adam and Eve repeated their parents' sin. From one generation to the next, the creation wandered from the Creator like an unfaithful spouse. Until there were found on earth only one man and his family, eight souls and all of creation, who held in faith to the Creator's promise. Now, the Creator was so grieved and decided that the unfaithful were to be washed away in a flood to end all floods. He set a day, and the floodgates of the deep and the clouds of the heavens would burst forth and cover all of his creation in water. Now, Noah, a preacher of righteousness, warned others that the day was coming, but no one else believed. The day came. The waters washed clean the home of man and woman, beasts, birds, and fish. And by the grace of God, Noah and his family came through the waters of the flood 
to a new creation. There the Lord again affirmed his promise and gave a sign in the sky that the day would come where all would be made right again, though this time not through water. From the descendants of this one family came Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, also called Israel. The Lord promised that through them would come the faithful one, the the perfect bridegroom, the Messiah. And the Israelites, they were called the Lord's bride. They enjoyed the presence of the Lord as he dwelt with them in his tabernacle. They were holy and set apart from the other people on earth to be ones through whom the bridegroom would come. And sadly, they too acted unfaithfully. Their adultery was their idolatry. The Lord had given them a a faithful husband, yet they ran off to other mistresses. They ran to worship false gods who promised much but delivered nothing. And so God sent prophets like Amos, who preached, like Noah did, warning the bride to return to the bridegroom. If you listened... And so the Lord allowed the people of Israel to be separated from his presence. The temple, which replaced the tabernacle, his chosen place of meeting, it would be destroyed. He would no longer dwell with his people, but let them have their way with their false gods and suffer the consequences, even though it grieved his heart deeply. But they would not suffer for everyone. His promise was sure. He would deliver his people. He would redeem his bride. And the day finally came. The Lord would dwell again with his creation, no longer in the tabernacle or the temple, but now in the flesh. The bridegroom was born to a husband and wife, Mary and Joseph, though not out of their natural union. He was born of God. He too passed through the floodwaters, though uh, not to be cleansed of sin, but to, to take up the burden of the bride's sin. He graced a wedding with his presence and turned water into sweet wine in anticipation of the wedding feast that he had come to prepare. The big day had come. The day of the Lord was at hand. The day of promises being fulfilled, the day Satan's head would be crushed, the day when the, the bride would be cleansed of her sin, the day of the Lord so, uh, so long looked for finally took place. It took place around the year 30 A.D. on a Friday afternoon, around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And the bridegroom called out from the cross, It is finished. Now, three days later, on the first day of the new week, the bridegroom emerged from the sleep of death victorious. Because of his work on the cross and in his resurrection, the bride had been cleansed, the promise fulfilled. A new day as the Lord of creation brought about the beginning of the end and the final fulfillment of the promise. The feast had been set. The rooms had been reserved. The celebration will begin when the bridegroom returns in the flesh. Those who hope to enter into the feast must do so through the bridegroom. 
The bride is no longer just the Israelites. The bridegroom is gathering his bride from the four corners of creation. Those whom he has cleansed and purified from all sin and stained by his blood. Washed in the same flood of water that weds us to his death and resurrection. Fed by the body and blood which are foretastes of the feasts that are still yet to come. There is no other way in. And this bridegroom will suffer no other mistresses. There is one groom, not many. He is a jealous God, and he does not want to share you with others. And he is faithful. He has redeemed you from the uh, adultery of idolatry, and he has set you apart as his very own. Now is not the time for the bride to be seduced by the unfaithful ways of the world as it seeks to recreate all things in its own sinful and twisted image. No, now is the time for the bride to hold fast to the promise and the sacramental presence of her bridegroom. Now is the time to be found living full of oil, living in faith and repentance not knowing when the bridegroom will appear in the flesh, but trusting that he will. And make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters in Christ, the big day is coming. The bride, the bride is being made ready. The church anticipates the day when the bridegroom returns, for on this day of the Lord, the promises will have been fulfilled. Death will be swallowed up forever. Those who slumber in the sleep of death will be awakened and changed. They will no longer sleep. All will rise up and trim their lamps, for the bridegroom will come. He will dwell with his bride in the flesh for all eternity. The delay will not be long. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, live in faith to the one who is faithful. Live in love for you have been loved. This is our to-do list. For each day brings us one day closer to that glorious big day. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.